mental game is also something that dance teaches you that applies very well in working in a restaurant. Hi, my name is Haley Grove and welcome to Dear Dance. I'm a professional dancer living in New York City and I'm searching for balance in and out of the studio. I think experiencing your life and nurturing all your creative passions ultimately enhances a dance career. So I'm speaking to inspiring performers and industry professionals about their relationship with dance and their other passions outside of the performing arts world. I'm connecting with dancers who decorate cookies, develop their own film, build websites, make candles, teach fitness, write poetry, and people who are changing the fabric of our industry all while dancing their butts off professionally. I'm on a mission to discover the keys to a long creative career. So let's take this journey together, advancing our dance careers, expanding our creativity, and experiencing all the joy this life has to offer. Hello everyone, welcome back to Dear Dance. I am so excited that we have a interview today live. Um, this is a really, really exciting thing for me because I don't know this amazing person except for we've just been chatting before the show. I actually got introduced to her through her mom who called the dance studio that I work at and like the dance world is so amazing and so small and people who love dance just like connect. So I'm really excited to talk with her. This is Alexis. She grew up dancing gorgeous mover. I can't wait to show you this clip. It's so stunning. Um, and she's actually a professional chef and wrote a cookbook inspired by the Nutcracker, which is so cool combining those two passions. And I'm really excited. I need to get this cookbook for my mom. Mom, if you're watching, I didn't say that. That's a gift for you for Hanukkah and or Christmas. We'll see which one because I'm lucky I celebrate both. Um, so before I get sidetracked, let me show you this amazing video and then we're going to bring her on. Because this is a podcast, you can't see the video. But trust me, it is great. After the episode, make sure you head over to Essentially Haley on YouTube or Dear Dance Pod on Instagram so you can check it out. But while I have you here, Let's hear from our sponsor. Surprise! The sponsor for today's episode is me. Well, not me exactly, but the Patreon. If you would like to support this show and get some fun perks, join the Supporter Squad. It's only $5 a month, which is less than a Dunkin' Donuts ice matcha latte in Manhattan. And instead of getting a cup of green sugar milk with ice, you will get access to fun behind-the-scenes content, early access to guests, and craft supply lists so you can craft with us live while you watch us on YouTube. I'm hoping to grow this community and we have a Discord so maybe we can have some movie nights or a book club or send some cool things in the mail. I've got a lot of ideas. Once we reach 100 patrons, I will be starting the Dancer's Dream Grant Program. This means I'll be donating $1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs funding. So that might be hiring a videographer for a concept video, paying your dancers for their beautiful work, getting some really good snacks for them, renting a studio because you cannot do another self-tape in your apartment. The bigger this community grows, the more we can give back and help lift other dancers up. 
If this sounds fun to you, check out the info in the show notes. And now let's get back to the episode. Oh, so gorgeous. I love how she just like moves with her whole body. Like you can see those lines like extending past her fingers, that arabesque. Oh, it's just like so graceful and beautiful. I'm so excited to talk to her. I have so many questions, especially because I don't know her personally. So this is very exciting for me. So I have even more questions than normal. So let's bring her on in with a big round of applause. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Of course. Of course. Okay. So in keeping with the theme, we are doing a nutcracker related craft today. It might not look like a nutcracker, but theoretically this is a craft that kids should be able to do. So I hope we can do it. Yes, I hope so too. We are going to attempt to turn these toilet paper roll into an actual little nutcracker. Obviously it won't be able to crack nuts, but uh, maybe if it like you put enough paint or glue on it, it'll be hard enough and you can like smack some nuts. But, or maybe like there's like a soft nut. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I'm attempting paint and you're going to do markers. Yes. I honestly think the markers are going to be the better choice here, especially because I don't have any water to wash my brush in between colors. If we're capable of multitasking and crafting, I would love to know a little bit about your relationship with dance, how you started dancing, where you grew up. Just Tell me everything because I obviously you have a lot of technical training. I love that video, it was gorgeous. Um, so I'm gonna stop blabbing and I'd love to hear a little bit about your background with dance. Yeah, so I grew up in northern New Jersey and I was dancing at the Irene Fokine School of Ballet in Ridgewood with two of my with my two sisters. I have an older and a younger sister, and so we pretty much spent our whole life after school on the weekends and the summers dancing there. And we pretty much trained in classical ballet, but we did some character dancing as well. Eventually branched out and learned some tap and jazz at some other studios too, and moved up and did point work as well. And then, yeah, that's pretty much where my whole love for dance came. My mom liked to dance as well when she grew up, and so she instilled that passion in all of us. And I've kept it going ever since, which has been really fulfilling in my life. Yeah, I love that. I love especially when it's like a family affair. I'm an only child, but my mom is a dancer and a dance teacher, so it's just like something, there's something so special about being able to just have that shared language. Like, you already have a shared language as a family, and then to bring in that physical and, like, similar love for this art, I think that's so awesome. Yeah, a totally different bond that kind of just, it's innate within us, but then, like, bringing it out in that way is so nice. After high school and, you know, currently, are you still able to take class with your with your professional being a chef life? What is that? How has that relationship changed with dance as you've gotten older? Now, I was very fortunate to attend a college where dance was a huge part of the social life there and like the extracurricular activities. So I was actually involved in like three different dance troupes. I took a dance class for my PE credit and I ended up teaching that class for like seven semesters after that. And so I always was really involved with it in college. And then after graduating, I moved to New York City and it was very easy to find dance opportunities. I had grown up dancing at Broadway Dance Center when I could and steps. So I pretty much 
fell right into that. And once my younger sister moved to the city, she is she wants to be on Broadway, so she's very involved in musical theater, and she would take a ton of classes. So she pretty much introduced me to all the teachers and different groups she was taking dance classes from, and I followed her into that. So I have nice. not kept up with it so well since moving back to the city after yeah. moving home during the pandemic, just because yeah, I've been it's pretty been busy. Really difficult. And yeah, it's a challenge too to just feel so comfortable in that yeah. environment, even though it is getting to be safer. So yeah, I'm hoping no. to get back soon. I'm but right there yet. with you. I Who are some of your favorite teachers that you have taken in the city? Like if you could jump into a class right now and like feel the happiest and the most excited to dance, who would you choose to take? So there's a few teachers. Two of them I actually grew up with in New Jersey. They taught at my studio. So it's very nice to go back with them. I love taking from Cat Wildish and Jamie Salmon. They're nice. two of my favorites and obviously with the ballet background. I love that. And yeah. then I really enjoy Ricky Hines musical theater classes. That's something that's been super exciting for me. Yes. And then I also am part of this group. It's called Pop Tap, run by Beth Nicely. And she has been doing pretty much for many years now. She's had on Wednesday nights, we used to go and learn a routine and then hang out afterwards. We haven't had so many since we've been back, but I also enjoy having that outlet for tap. Yeah, that is awesome. I know it's definitely, it's been so difficult, especially scheduling is so different now. Yeah. The studios are having a lot less classes, a lot less mm -hmm. opportunities to dance, especially if you're someone who's working during the day or it's different strange hours. It's definitely really hard. And, and I'm right there with you with like feeling, I'm starting to feel comfortable to go back and safer um, but there's def there was definitely like a long time where I didn't feel kind of like comfy going back. But that is really awesome. And those are amazing teachers. So this kind of leads into my future questions. I wanted to know a little bit about your relationship with the Nutcracker. If you ever got to do the Nutcracker at your studio. I know that's always been such a magical part of my youth and growing up and just like it really just signifies like the winter the holidays totally. just, like it's just such a good feeling so I'd love to know a little bit about your relationship with the Nutcracker so my studio did put on the Nutcracker every single winter so ever since I had the opportunity to be a part of the studio pretty much when my sister had started dancing two years before me I had seen the show fell in love with it right away and of course it's also like a, a stepping stone part of like your dance career as a young person trying to learn and grow in the industry. So I always wanted to move up and get all the, the great parts. So every year I was super dedicated to just being as connected to the Nutcracker as possible. And I started out as a, a gnome in the party scene, Kissing Doll, Polly Chanel, Angel, Snowflake, Also the Flowers, Chinese, Merleton, like a whole spectrum of all the parts. And it ended up being, it was always performed at this school, which turned out to be my high school later on. So I had the opportunity to go to school then go dance and then be back at school. So it's been really a huge part of my life since I was a child because of the schooling and all that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that, very, uh, very connected. Being in the Nutcracker, it's just something so special. Yeah, the music comes on and it gets you in the spirit. And yeah. part of it is like the excitement of getting to perform with your friends, but also just getting to feel connected to the holidays, then a little bit of the yeah, stress like because you're concerned about the parts. <laughs> and so it's yes. all this, all these emotions, but it's so much that comes through it that 
there's always a little bit of happiness no matter what yeah. and you kind of forget about those crazy times and just remember the joy what's like your favorite variation from the nutcracker so my favorite one is definitely the merloton dance or marzipan mm-hmm. I know it goes by different names I really yeah. like the choreography <laughs> that my studio had just because it was very rhythmical and very syncopated with all the music so it was very technical and very quick but also very elegant but I did also love the Russian dance because I love to jump and so mm. whenever we got to like play around in the studio and when our dance our one of our dance teachers used to perform the Russian solo so whenever he wasn't there and one of us got to like jump in it was always like gung-ho and ready to do it and try to show off a little bit okay so it is time for our first game would you rather <laughs> so like I say every time it's not too scandalous it is a pre-made game so we don't have to be too scared all right would you rather only be able to get clean by showering in ball bearings or have tennis balls for fingers? That's a very interesting question. <laughs> very odd pairing. I think I would choose the tennis ball one just because a shower is really nice and it's going to come into play in an answer to one of your questions coming up later. Ooh, so I would have okay. to choose the tennis balls for fingers. Interesting. I don't know how that would work at all. Yeah, I don't know how that would work with you <laughs> with cooking, but I'm sure you would make it work. <laughs> Maybe it would be like like our nut crushing situation. Like you right. could really like yeah. get in there with the doughs and yeah. Totally. Maybe. That's very that would be a very useful skill for that actually. Yeah. Beat the meats and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I clearly don't know how to cook. No, it was some very (laughs) poignant um, aspects of cooking that you got. Oh, good. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Next question. Would you rather have an eternal mystery curse placed on you by a wizard or bump your head every morning as you wake up? Bump your head every morning because not that I do that all the time, but in a kitchen, I often bump into things unexpectedly so I'm very used to that yeah and I've also had some moments where I've walked into glass doors and have bumped my head I actually have a scar not from a a glass door but from when I was five I on July 4th I walked into a corner in my house and had to get that stitched up so that's very natural for me to just bump my head so you're used to it you're used to an eternal mystery curse like yeah, you that's don't know a, like you don't ever. know how to prepare like at least like if you're gonna bump your head you could like always go to bed with a helmet on or like yes. you know there's yeah. wi- there's workarounds okay last one of these okay would you rather have everything smell bad forever or bark like a dog every time you see a bus i think the bark like a dog because you could avoid buses a lot if you really wanted to yeah and smell is a really hard thing too <laughs> To deal yeah. with. Especially if you're in the business of food because mm-hmm. your smell and your taste are so connected. Yeah, so. it would be very challenging to, would be to know if what you were cooking was good. And that is a perfect transition to passions outside of dance. How did you get into cooking? How did this come about in your life? So it actually stemmed from my mom as well. She, besides growing up dancing, she has always loved food and has worked in hospitality and sales and tourism and marketing and all of that. So when we were very young, she instilled that love in us as well. I had an easy bake oven for a present many years. And I kind of just fell in love with that right away, started playing restaurant at home. And eventually, I knew I always wanted to do something with food. I didn't know if it was going to be dance or food for a while. But on the side, whenever I had some free time, I would always be cooking at home or 
kind of taking up internships whenever I could. My mom was working at a French restaurant in middle schools and we had frequented it many times. So it was like a family friend and I felt very comfortable and I started working there a little bit. And then I had the opportunity to attend a vocational high school in New Jersey that had nice. seven different academies and I chose the Culinary Academy. So I was able to study academics, like traditional academics, but also focus on culinary and hotel administration on the side. So I know that you you have a lot of experience with cooking and you, you went to, is it the American Institute for Culinary Arts? Is that the correct way to say it? Culinary Institute of America. Culinary Institute Almost. of America. CIA oh my God. for abbreviation. Yes. So it's like I was the, trying the to think CIA. of the letters and like match the words to the letters just so wrong cool. order but almost there so cool so how does your experience as a dancer come into play with your experience hooking and or does it I'm assuming it does but I, I yeah. do want to I have ideas of how it might but I'd love mm. to hear your take on that yeah there's a, definitely a few different ways the first I would say is the agility that being a dancer has really helps in a kitchen, especially in New York City kitchens when they're very tiny and you have to be able to maneuver around people. Also, you don't want to hurt yourself. And so it's very good to to be able to have that flexibility. And it doesn't have to be a lot, but just knowing how to use your body and when things hurt and to be mindful of that. So definitely being in dancer shape is very helpful. And you're standing also for many hours a day. So just having strength in your legs. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand because now that I stand on my feet all the time, I've gotten stronger in my dance abilities as well. So they really complement each other in that sense. But the mental game is also something that dance teaches you that applies very well in working in a restaurant. You need a lot of grit in order to withstand kind of the, the heat and also the tough environment. Every kitchen is different, but there's a lot of pressure and you're on a time crunch as well. So knowing how to build yourself up and also how to maneuver and what works and like practice makes perfect in dance. And you kind of learn that in the kitchen too, in order to have the best technique and the best knife skills or be able to work a station really well, you have to just be prepared to put in the hours to get there. So knowing yeah. that from dance has helped me to just know that it's something I've done in the past and I can definitely do it in a kitchen environment too. Yeah. That, that's what I, that's one of the things that I was thinking about. Cause I mean, of course I've never worked in a kitchen. I am hardly able to cook my, my own food here, but I, all the stuff I always see is like how high pressure it is. New York city must be like the most stress of all possible kitchens and restaurants and dealing with that. It feels it from what I see and what I imagine, it feels very like backstage-esque and, and yes. that's really cool especially mm-hmm. because cooking is such an art it's so mm-hmm. I mean it's so creative there's so many things you can do is there like a favorite dish that you love to make what is your absolute favorite thing to cook I I feel like my favorite thing to cook is something that I don't cook a lot because I, I kind of brand it as my signature dish these days but uh-huh. it ties in really well to to my company brand and all like my passions and everything. But there's this dish that I came up with a few years ago, and it's called the rainbow beet. And it pulls from my love for the Italian rainbow cookie, which I used to have growing up after Shabbat all the time and at Temple. So it's very much related to my childhood. But I also love sweets and I love almond and raspberry. And those flavors are very prominent in a lot of things that I make. But because I have been focusing a lot more on vegetable forward cooking, I translated this dessert into a savory dish by using beets in as many applications as I could. And so it's not something that I can make very often because it takes a lot of time. But whenever I have the chance to do it, 
it's something that's really exciting because it just it taps into so many personal memories and I know that it's going to taste really great as well. So I really like making that dish. And I also sometimes add in this another savory Jewish treat component, which is uh, a beet rugula. So Ooh. I did some caramelized cream cheese and uh, raspberry almond jam and combined that as the filling. So it's a very different take on a classic rugula, but it's got that wow. same spiral and it's just it's really cool. So I really like those two. That is so cool. And that also leads me perfectly into syncopated. And I love that your your tagline, like encouraging people to cook to the beat of their own culinary rhythm. Tell me a little bit about syncopated. Yeah. So a few years ago, I wanted to start doing my own pop-ups. We were closed for the summer at one of the restaurants I was working because they were renovating. And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to really challenge myself and put myself out there as well. And I wanted to have a brand behind it, not just be doing dinners, but really have a vision to keep me guided and just to really help me connect to myself. And so I chose the name Syncopated because it combines my passions for dance. I also grew up playing the drums. So there's that rhythmical feel in there too. And then cooking, like we said, it's very much an art form. So it ties all three together. And so, yeah, Syncopated is in itself, it's my brand where I do pop-up dinners whenever I can, but I also have used it kind of during the pandemic to streamline my platform as well. So I was doing, uh, I created this Israeli dance series that I used these dances that I loved learning and use that to inspire dishes. And so I was still connecting to the kitchen and dancing and all that. And obviously with the cookbook that I created, this yeah. cookbook is for dancing and this kitchen is for dancing was the Instagram series with the Israeli dancing. And then this cookbook is for dancing. So they're all a little part of this bigger picture essentially I love that okay so we've hinted at it let's talk about so the full title this cookbook is for dancing a taste of the nutcracker right yes Mm -hmm. how did you get this idea so this is where the shower comes in so I have often done my best brainstorming in the shower I think there's something about just kind of taking your mind off of everything else and just having the water like refresh your thoughts and everything that has always allowed me to come up with great ideas and it was at a time last year during the pandemic where it was October and I was doing this Instagram series and I was also doing some blogging but I was feeling like I needed something where I could connect to people more and also just feel a little bit more connected to the holiday season too because I knew I wasn't going to be going anywhere so I wanted to have something to keep me going and I thought about just creating an e-cookbook initially and I didn't have a theme and I was like this will be a great project for the next five months or whatever the next night I was like I should do it for the nutcracker like this would be perfect and so like I get out of the shower tell my mom I'm like this is my new project and she's like makes no sense I don't know how you're gonna do it and I was like don't worry I will figure it out came up with all like the I like sat down thought through the idea and was like it'll work like I can do this on my own it'll be fine and then just went for it and then fortunately I was able to get it all done because it was October and December. Yeah, that's really a fast turnaround. Yeah, I self-published, which is really how I was able to do it because I did everything on my own for the most part. My family was super supportive in editing and just helping to read through and have me bounce off ideas. And I had a friend help me with illustrations. So I was very much a part of all aspects of it, which was great. And yeah, I made it happen. That is so cool. And of all the ballets to pick, I mean, the Nutcracker, it has already those food elements in there. And then it's yes. it's genius to create a cookbook in inspired by that. I'm, I'm so excited. I need to like look through all the recipes and try them. It's 
maybe with the help of my mom when I go home for the holidays, maybe I can get some help in the kitchen. But I love this idea and it is so, so cool. What are some of your favorite recipes in the book that you created? Yeah. So one of my favorites is the caramel apples for dinner and it's a caramelized Mm. apple soup. So it's a take on a caramel apple, but it's also savory. I tend to like to take sweet treats and turn them into savory oh, dishes. I'm so when I into can. that. I'm so into that. Yeah. I love and sweets. so that one is super <laughs> simple, but it's really like super delicious, super comforting. And it comes with uh, toasted hazelnuts and a gratinade cheese on top. So it's like warm blanket wrapped around you and it's super tasty. Wow. And, oh, I love yeah. that. And then and my other part... favorite. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, what, um, what part? Like, what does that connect to for you in the Nutcracker story? So there's one section of the book that's the party scene. And so this dish comes from the party scene where I envisioned it as like the appetizers and entrees and hors d'oeuvres to get everyone going. So I love that. That's part of that scene. So not connected to any specific element, but just being part of the party. But then my other favorite dish that I wanted to point out is Mother Ginger's Surprise. And so that is clearly connected to Mother Ginger and the Polish And so it's a pretty much a delicata squash macadamia nut crumble and crumble bar with candy ginger mixed into that. So the candy ginger is obviously the surprise aspect, but also very expected as that's in the title. But yes. it's uh, this time taking a, a vegetable and putting it in more of that sweet application. So always trying to play around with that. Wow. And it's super, just super easy to make and super scrumptious. And it's very reminiscent of, of like a typical crumble bar but with a lot of unusual flavors in there. Wow, I love that. And I love the creativity of, you know, the the sweet and the savory and playing with that. I love how it's not just like, here's a ginger cake for Mother Ginger. Like, so creative. So everyone needs to get this cookbook. Each chapter is a different color, and then there's highlighted kid-friendly recipe steps too. So if you're cooking with kids, you can easily incorporate them. This is the perfect, perfect thing. I would say get it for the holidays, but like get it before because you want to use it for the holidays. Luckily, Hanukkah is early this year, so (laughs) you can get it. And the the recipes are fall oriented as well, so fall and winter, perfect seasons for it. Oh my gosh, amazing, amazing, amazing. I would love to play our next game. It is a bit of a mystery game. It is called, oh wait, no, I'm lying to you. I want to talk about drums because you mentioned drums as another passion of yours, which is Mm -hmm. so cool that not only have you combined food and dance and drums with syncopated, so how did you get into the drums? So I pretty much needed to take up a musical instrument that was just something that I wanted to do and my family we all were involved in musical elements as well my older sister picked up the flute my younger sister plays violin and sax I personally did not want an instrument where I had to read that kind of music I actually am not comfortable reading typical music because I only had to play drum music but I kind of just fell in love with it I always in like I don't remember when I realized that I wanted to do it but I think it was just like, I'm going to play the drums and that was it. And I started out, I was taking lessons growing up and then I was in jazz band in middle school and high school. I was in a band as well with my friends in high school. We had a little run at the assemblies and we did all that when we could. And then I haven't been able to play as much these days, but whenever I go home, I have a drum set back at my parents' house. I'll always go and play my typical rhythms and things like that. 
I'd love to get back into it again in the city. It's a little hard in an apartment where you can't have a set, but there's those electronic ones now that I've always been looking into. They're very expensive, but yeah, definitely still an option. So, so hopefully cool. I'll be able to keep that up again too. Yeah, and drums and tap. I mean, it's like so – and just rhythm in general with dancers. And then I feel like cooking also has such a rhythm. There's so many like repetitive movements that you do. Mm-hmm. You must – I'm imagining fall into a rhythm while yes. you're in the cooking no, process. No, it's so much about that too. Whenever oh. I get to work a station again, since I'm a sous chef now, I'm not always working the line. But whenever I do and I'm not in my groove, I can feel it. And it's just like I need to get right in there. And then after yeah. a few hours, you kind of feel you're back there again. And it's so much related to that whole rhythmic element. Yeah, I love that. What are, do you have any, I mean, when would you even have the time, but what are some of your other passions besides cooking and dance and drums and writing a whole cookbook? <laughs> yeah, I would say the dance is obviously a, a huge passion of mine and I try to do it whenever I can, but something else that I do on the side is actually I do more writing. I've been a resume consultant for since Ooh. graduating from school. My, some, uh, some of my fellow peers from Cornell, they started a resume company. And I was looking for extra money when I first moved to the city. And I really like business writing. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like a good opportunity. And it's also very much service oriented as well. And I come from a hospitality background. So it was a perfect match. And I've been keeping up with that. Not so much lately. I hope to be able to continue to help clients. But it's been a side hustle whenever I can. And the company is really great. And just the environment and getting to tap back into kind of the academic side as well. Because culinary arts is so much more creative that I, there is a ton of science and obviously education behind it, but it's a different, different than what I learned in school. And I always want to be able to use my education in numerous ways. So being able to use my proper grammar and my writing skills and my computer skills and be word savvy and on Microsoft Word and Excel and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I like doing that too. And that's such, it's such an important thing to have a good resume. And it's like you're helping people achieve their dreams and get hired to work these jobs that they they're dreaming about so that's so awesome everyone if you need a resume you know who to contact totally (laughs) amazing okay well let's get into our final game now i can finally do my little special (laughs) yay question so let's see what we've got let's do blue first oh this one might be a little scandalous okay describe what your crush looks like you don't have to describe maybe like a dream crush person if you don't want to out yeah, the real I crush. I don't know if I have a, a solid <laughs> – I have a good description of what my crush could look like. Okay, okay. But I definitely want them to be uh, a dancer, honestly, which is hard to describe <laughs> as a look. But I want them to be able to dance so that we can share that together and to be a little taller than me, i say. And yeah. I really also like a baby face. So someone, because mm. I also look very young. Yeah. So I think someone that matches me in that sense. Yeah. Maybe brown hair too. Pretty much like the, the guy version of me, I think. But <laughs> I not think identical. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I think those are some good qualities to look for. <laughs> Next one. Uh, orange. A hundred kittens or three baby sloths? That's the whole I question. I guess I have to choose the kittens. Not I personally am not a huge animal person, but both mm-hmm. my sisters have cats now. And so I feel like it's good to choose that answer because they love their kids. And it doesn't say like how long. It's like, you know, I feel like being in a room with 100 kittens would be like wild. Being in a room with three sloths would also probably be very wild. But 
the kittens would probably be more like interactive yeah more cuddly yeah <laughs> be more enjoyable we'll do purple next Ooh, are you close with your family? Yes. Yeah, my, my younger sister lives in Brooklyn, so I see her very often. My older sister lives in Denver, but we're still just as close, I would say. And yeah. my parents are in New Jersey, and I see them all the time. I lived with them again for 14 right. months, so I've definitely gotten closer with them <laughs> physically and also just as an adult. It's been nice to have different experiences, especially in times like this. Yeah, definitely. All right, last one of these. What motivates you to get up every morning? I would say the fact that I like to keep myself very busy. And so I always have a to-do list to accomplish. But it's, I try to keep it things that I really enjoy doing besides the the typical chores. And I enjoy, like, I like my job. So that really helps me because I enjoy that I get to cook and fulfill my passion every day. And then knowing that I have other things, like, I'm trying to, build my own business as well so I'm challenging myself in different ways so I think that the to-do list for sure of having a million things to get done so there's that need to accomplish something but also that I have things that are not just the expected things to get done but something that's pushing me and helping me to grow every day as well Mm, I love that all right my last question that I ask every guest is what brings out your most creative self so I feel like I should have said my answer for now, but I really would say the shower, which is such a weird <laughs> answer, but it's where I came up with the idea for the cookbook and high school. It's where I came up with this idea for a cake competition and it was the best in taste cake. So it I was very it. successful, but I also really just loved that combination. And someone like I live alone most of the time these days. So the shower is the one place where I usually don't have like I'm not watching tv necessarily sometimes I'm listening to a podcast or something like that but I'm really alone with my thoughts Mm -hmm. and so it helps me to just really think about things and sometimes it catches me off guard too because I'll be thinking about one thing and then something else comes into mind so clearing my mind I think is really what brings out my most creative self because if I'm in the kitchen obviously food is very inspirational and I can figure things out but you need a second to reflect and eliminating all the other surroundings really helps me to do that yeah I love that I'm totally right there with you I think especially in New York you're surrounded by so many people all the time and consuming we're constantly like screens in our face and like you can't you can listen to stuff uh, with the with a podcast or music in the shower but if you bring your phone in you're gonna break it so it's definitely it's definitely like a very special a special place yeah I love that Amazing. Well, where can people find you? How can people get your book? How can people contact you, come to your pop-ups, get you to write their resumes? There's so much that they need to know. So plug everything you got. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. That's the first one at Chef Lucky, C-H-E-F-L-E-C-I. And also at Syncopated NYC. Chef Lucky is more my personal one, but I post mostly the same thing on both of them. So you can find me on either channel. I do have a website also, www.syncopatednyc.com. If you go there, you can find links to information about my pop-ups as well as how to purchase the cookbook. It is on Amazon too, so you can just type in the title directly on Amazon if you want a more direct route to get there. And if you're interested in resume help, you can also reach me there. I am the one behind the the website and everything. My email is info at syncopatednyc.com, so you can get you can catch me there as well and i will be hosting a pop-up related to the cookbook 
in December to be announced very soon. So stay tuned for information about that. But if you want to experience the food in person and then also just have a great time and celebrate the holidays, it'd be a great event for you. But you can also purchase the cookbook and enjoy all the food at home too. Amazing. Oh my gosh, I'll put all of that in the show notes and in the description of this video later. Definitely, definitely check it out. I'm getting the cookbook for everyone I know. I think it's so brilliant. Um, and if you would I like to... I should also point out, I forgot, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's tell me. vegetarian and gluten-free, the cookbook. Unintentionally, but that's how it turned out and inspired by a lot of nut flowers based on the nutcracker. So it very oh, much ties together with all that. That's so if you even have any of those more incredible. allergies or things, it's very related to that. Wow. Oh my gosh. Even better. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Definitely everyone get it right now. Go order it. Um, and then if you'd like to connect with me, you can always follow my personal Instagram, Haley Grove. Um, and definitely check out the Instagram for the podcast, Dear Dance Pod. It's finally the correct name on Instagram. So took a little while to get that name switcheroo because I don't know how to use technology apparently. But uh, it's there. Um, and then also definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel, Essentially Haley. And if you are loving the show and you want to support it even more, check out the Patreon. Um, I'm really excited to hopefully get the Patreon to at least 100 patrons. And when we achieve that goal, I will be donating $1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs help getting funded. So that might be hiring a videographer for a concept video or paying your dancers or funding a dance-related cookbook that you want to write. Um, there's so many ways that we can help uplift the dance community as a every little bit helps especially in these weird times so you know definitely check out all of those things um and with that have a great night thank you so much for being here this was so fun hopefully i'll get to meet you in person one day yeah, and i would love that eat your food because i'm sure it'll taste much better when you cook it versus me <laughs> I'm sure you would do a great job. Maybe I'll see you in a class one day too. Yes, we'll have to take, we'll, we'll get into ballet again now that we're feeling good. That's mm -hmm. one of my goals. I'm not going to feel good once I'm in there because I'll have atrophied, all my muscles are atrophied, but we're going to get there and it's going to yes. be great. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Dear Dance. If you enjoyed the show, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a friend. Screenshot the episode and tag me on Instagram at Dear Dance Pod. It's so fun connecting with listeners, so definitely check us out over on Instagram. And if you want a triple platinum superstar award, leave a rating and review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This really helps give the show street cred on podcast platforms. Again, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week for a new episode of Dear Dance.